The following program comes to you from the MNL Studios. Let's get our Christ on. Let's kick it, Jesus style. Skeeter, how are we doing? Well, I haven't cried today, so we got that. That's a plus. Yeah. No tears. Comments with Skeeter on this day in history. What year is it? Oh. Uh, we have us an itty-bitty offering we think you might like. Uh, begrudgingly, I will take you back to the very beginning of my said radio career. Yes. think it's a big deal according to Linda and my daughters but uh, I'll share Lindsay Lohan's new single today who cares who the fuck cares and and there goes the begrudging part of it uh the unhealthiest cereals that you can eat Now, these days, folks are doing a lot of puzzles. I bring you the hell puzzle. I'll explain. Bad habits during strange times. Proof that aliens have been on Mars Mm. and we lost a lot of pussy. Easter uh, is obviously going to be affected. We're not going to see the Easter egg hunts, per se, as we normally would. I'm assuming families that have been locked down together can do them. But the big, big Easter egg hunts are not going to happen. And frankly, I think it's a a good thing. I've never liked Easter egg hunts. I think they're evil. Because (laughs) every Easter egg hunt that I've ever been involved in, whether it's a big public event or it's my own kids in the backyard, they always end in tears. That's how I feel about pinatas, too. I don't like pinatas at a birthday party because somebody always ends up crying that they didn't get enough candy. Right. 
and and that's the point. Now there's there's probably some life lessons in there. You know, uh, the kids go out and one doesn't get an egg and they cry. And another kid has 58 eggs and they celebrate, which you could take a look at that as a lesson in life. If you go out in the business world and you don't get an egg, you lose. Go out? What is that? In the business world. Go out? Leave the confines of our safe home? Go out? (laughs) What does that mean? So... So maybe it's a good thing. I, 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 like I say, I, I had an Easter egg hunt when I was with the uh, Mark and Brian program, and it ended in yelling, adults screaming at the top of their lungs, and us. It's always those adults, isn't it? It, it is. It starts with them. Yeah. So I, like I say, I for one am not going to miss the big organized Easter egg hunt, but it will be a very different Easter, regardless of how. You do it. It's going to rain here. Uh, it's raining here. That's the day? When, uh, uh, I mean, right now, California's getting all the rain. Mm-hmm. It's coming our way. Great. Yeah. Great. So we got that. Well, actually, that is pretty good for us because of the pollen. This will help with all the pollen we've got blowing around. And we do have a ton. We could wipe down the outside counter, and within do. an hour, it's covered it's again. Covered again. So, uh, and, and, and I find it funny, here we are, there's no kids in this house. Uh, it's Linda and I, and she still put out her Easter. Decorations, of course I did. Yes. You gotta do something to make you happy at this time. Easter bunnies. Is there an egg somewhere? No. No eggs? No, I don't wanna boil the eggs because we have to save them for breakfast. We do. <laughs> And you don't really like boiled eggs for breakfast, so. I don't hate them. I like egg in any kind of way I can get it, and I will eat a boiled egg, there's no question. However, if there's an egg available, then I will fry it or Right, or scramble, scramble it, it up. I do have one boiled egg up there that I was saving to make my um, tuna salad with, mm-hmm. and I thought today, well, maybe I'll just color that one. Mm. One egg, mm-hmm. yeah. Well, at our house, when the kids are involved, and usually it's the Katie, well, Matt too. Amy never really does it. But uh, Katie, when decorating an egg, you know, you take that wax pen and you can write words on the egg. Katie tries to see how vile she can get with stuff she writes on her egg. Easter is the perfect time for being vile. Matthew is a penis drawer. Likes to draw the penises. Drawer. Yeah. And, uh, and Amy. He's my son, the penis artist. Yeah. And then Amy tries to be. Cute. Right. Yeah. Sweet, adorable Amy. Um, speaking of Amy, she and Bradley have taken this time to train their very smart dog, Ludo. Ooh. This week, that dog learned how to sit. He learned down. He learned spin. He learned turn. So I guess spin is one way and turn is you go back the other way. It's a dog thing. Yeah. Um, and uh, the one that he had trouble and that Bradley was really working with him was with Shake, but he got it. Yesterday, Amy sent a video of Bradley getting the dog to shake. Oh, that dog is so cute. And y'all, they are in puppy hell. I have never seen a bigger, happier, smiling face than Bradley's. Oh, he was so such a proud owner. When that dog lifted his arm, leg, paw, and shook his hand. I mean, the joy. And it was. 
Both Linda and I are sitting there watching the thing and just grinning ear to ear. Yeah, yeah he, they sent us a video and we watched it over and over and over again. Now, it's, um, it's true uh, with us in lockdown. At least we are in North Carolina. Don't know about you where you are. Uh, but you do find different things to do. You, you, you need to stay busy. You're here. You're not going anywhere. You're not going out to lunch to a restaurant where somebody oh. comes up and says, what would you like? And then they bring it to you. No, instead, we're trying to have three meals a day here. And you know what? It's hard enough for just me and you. I cannot, I cannot imagine what it would have been like 25 years ago with the two of us and three children yeah and trying to do three meals a day and keeping everybody happy uh, no i'd be in jail well we've never forgotten that we constantly talk about how lucky we are compared to what it could have been or many of you yeah. with a whole bunch of kids and you got to feed them and entertain them and, and i'm thinking of you mm. well along with the usual kind of stuff i started big i was cleaning out closets organizing them. I would clean out shelves, get rid of stuff, organize them, vacuum. I vacuumed the shelves. Uh, then uh, this week, I decided to uh, alphabetize my Blu-ray collection. <laughs> now, initially, one night, right before I went to bed, I wrote on my to-do list for the next day, alphabetize Blu-rays. The next morning, I thought, that's stupid. You'd think I was drinking. I, I, I'm not alphabetizing. And then I realized I go in there all the time and I need to find a particular movie for whatever reason. And it takes me a while. Sometimes I can't find it. So I thought, you know what? It's a good idea. So I did. I stood in the closet where the Blu-rays are and I alphabetized every one of them. Um, as a 64-year-old man, I stood in that closet for an hour based on this, two, oh, maybe two hours. It would have taken me forever because I would have had to sing the alphabet song for every DVD. I did. <laughs> a, B, C, D, E. K. K is what I need. So I did. I alphabetized my Blu-rays. Now, this means when the kids do get to come to visit, I'm going to have to put a note on that shelf for Bradley. And it's going to say, Blu-rays are alphabetized. Please put the movie back where you found it. Because Bradley is the only one that will go in there and get a movie and watch it. So just put it back where you found it. Simple. Because I'm old. It took me forever. And I really, because like I would get a stack of, let's say L's. Movies that begin with L. Let's say there's eight of them. I alphabetize those. Well, of course, you have to. That's what I did. So boom. Alphabetized Blu-rays. You. Well, you've never gone in there. Um, I I haven't done any of that. Because once you start a project, I've learned you got to finish it. So I'm like, fuck it. I'll just watch Gilmore Girls. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm a project guy. I like the projects. I do them and I finish them. And I'm pleased. I'm proud. I'm happy. And I've killed an hour. Yeah. Perfect for me. Yeah. Um, so you said we were going back to your radio days. Right. I do want to tell you that we got a lot of comments from people trying to help you with your cassette player. I appreciate it. But on Saturday afternoon, was mm -hmm. it? Mm -hmm. um, Matt, well, actually, it was a Lenny. 
Matt was just throwing in his two cents, but um, uh, Lenny helped Mark figure out the cassette player. Yeah, I uh, I went on to Amazon and I bought a small, cheap cassette player because it doesn't really matter about the player. It mattered about connecting that said cassette player to dub these cassette tapes into my computer, which that connection I couldn't get. And Lenny showed me and Matt, but mostly Lenny. Um, and I spent the weekend uploading the, the cassette tapes, just raw file. And then I went to class with Mrs. Thompson. Eleni showed me how to edit these air checks. Oh, that seems so weird for you here to hear you say Mrs. Thompson, because that's my name. I know. Uh, in this particular class, good morning, Mrs. Times, and it was. It, 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 I went to school. I, I took a class, and uh, she showed me the basics, and I got better as I went. Uh, but uh, the good thing is, I have them now off of the cassette tapes, and I have them on a computer, so I won't lose them. And I ran into the same kind of problems. And please don't reach out. There's just no need. Um, at some point, the cassette tapes would drag and you can clearly hear the areas that they drag, but it doesn't matter. I don't need to speed them up or fix them. They are what they are. Uh, and so today I'm gonna go back to the very beginning and play a little bit, not much. I don't think I can stand it. Ooh. But the very first job I ever had, what you're gonna hear today is me at the age of 16. Now, I will tell you, uh, we, were, we were FaceTiming with the girls, Amy and Katie, and I had just finished the edit, so I, I came in with Linda and I played a little bit of this air check for my two daughters. They were, after listening to it, in tears. So was I, <laughs> but for a completely different reason. Mm -hmm. However, it's history, it's mine, and so I'm gonna share that. And I've uploaded quite literally everything I've ever done. So I'll share some of that in case you want to hear it. But today we go back to the very beginning, 16 year old me on the radio and it's what you would think it is. Mm -mm -mm. Can't wait. So been enjoying the, uh, I at night I go into the theater, Linda goes up to go to bed, I go in the theater and I watch a little something and somebody had reached out, it was Richard Marks reached out, or not reached out, but I read that he said this documentary on Tom Petty was great. And so I had to go to Amazon Prime to find that. And I'm looking, and I looked everywhere, I could not locate it, Running Down a Dream is the name of it, I'll find it eventually, but I, I didn't. I did run across The Outsider, this Jason Bateman show on yeah, Amazon. That everybody's been telling you to watch. Yeah, he produced it, he starred in it, he directed, I guess, every episode. I finished episode three. First of all, it's incredible. The first two episodes are just mesmerizing. Where are they going with this? It's top tier television, made at the very highest level. And um, I'm a little concerned last night at the very end oh, of episode. Oh, don't say anything. I'm not, I'm not. But it went somewhere that I didn't care for. And I hope it th th that's not where it's going. Uh, but uh, that's me. That's just me. However, I can tell you, I was watching episode two. And this is a heavy, heavy show. I, I would say to anybody, uh, uh, the uh, um, uh, put it this way, it is extremely dark. Oh, no, thank you. What happened here. So know that, how dark it is. 
Um, but I'm sitting there and I'm watching it and there is a scene in it where a guy has to go buy some caskets and he's literally in the room, which I've done with the guy. And the guy who's selling the caskets is talking to him about the different ones. And I'm, as I'm sitting there listening, I'm thinking to myself, why do I know every word of this? <laughs> I auditioned for that scene. <laughs> and when I, when I, when I got the, as an actor, we have to sign uh, an NDA, a non-disclose. We can't talk about the scene. We can't tell you what it's from, but it's already aired, so it's fine. And when they send the scene, it doesn't tell you what the show is about. You just have this scene. And at one point in the scene, the guy says, um, these two caskets, I mean, since you're buying two, I can give you a 20% discount on the embalming, which to me was funny. Why would they write it this way and put it in a show like this? And so I don't remember exactly how I did it, but I think I did it with my tongue ripping through my cheek. I didn't get it. <laughs> now you see why. I, well, I mean, it would have really been helpful if they had simply said, this is a very dark drama. Yeah. And I still would have gone, what are you writing this scene like? Since you're buying two caskets, I'm going to give you a 20% discount on the embalming. How is that? But it was. And so that was kind of uniquely odd to experience. And you thought you were having a stroke. I did. <laughs> I did. Now, somebody reached out. Do you have a comment about this? About this lead singer for Fountains of Wayne? I do not. Okay. I, I, it's there, but I did not print it. Well, his name is Adam Schlesinger. And I don't know a lot about Mr. Schlesinger other than he is highly uh, touted as a great talent. He passed away from COVID. Um, he was the uh, co-founder of the Fountains of Wayne, but he did so much other stuff. Um, nominated for an Academy Award. Um, and I'll get to that part in a minute. He primarily is known as the co-founder and writer of this song, Stacy's Mom, which I always loved. view this song any way you like as uh, as I've proven in the past I am a pop nut I love pop music and this this song is a prime example look first of all the topic is tr 
tremendous. He wants to go see Stacy so we can stare at her fucking hot mom. Love it. But this is a pop perfect song. I could tell she liked me from the way she stared. Now, Adam has done obviously quite a bit. He's worked on so many television shows and movies in their soundtrack. None more important than this next one. Uh, the movie, That Thing You Do. This was a Tom Hanks project. Tom had said, he said, I got to be such a big star that I had written a script and I wanted to make it. And I went into the studio and I said, I'm Tom Hanks. I'm a really, really big star. <laughs> I want to make this movie and you're not going to say no to me. And they didn't. And the movie was That Thing You Do, which I love this film. And in it, it's about this little group that came from this little bitty hometown that happened to come up with this great song. And I remember when I watched the movie, the song, That Thing You Do, is great. And I remember thinking, boy, they really nailed this. They spent some time putting together the pop perfect song because they needed it. It was this song that made it for them. And it was Adam Schlesinger who wrote it. That movie is uh, everything. You get great music. It's funny. It's poignant. It's moving. It's sad. It's got life lessons. The whole thing. Absolutely adored it. So, Tom, glad you're a big star. Gave you a chance to make this movie. Uh, so, I'll share this. Uh, and, Linda, stop me if you don't want me to talk about it. Stop. Hmm. I don't even know what it is. All right. Well, this this is something we all can relate to, especially if you're a guy and if you're a, a girl. Uh, married many, many, many years. We, Way too many. Yeah. And uh, so Linda goes to bed before me. I go up at 11. She's usually in bed and asleep by that time. So I brush my teeth. I do my stuff and I slide into bed. And it seems most every night, I don't know what it is about laying down, about expanding my body. Maybe that's it. But, but I mean, you would think it would happen if I were standing up, but no, it waits until I'm laying down. I have a little gas. Okay, so. Not a little gas. I mean, I spend my night with my candles going and my room smells good and I make it my happy place to go to sleep. Mark slides in bed and I'm laying there and I'm thinking, did he just shit his pants? <laughs> Did he just shit in my bed? Well, you see, I'm good because she's asleep. So this is not going to affect anybody. So, I mean, it's there, and, and I would feel better if I, if I let this go. She's asleep. 
Nobody will know. Uh, and and so on this particular night, I let it I let it go, and I'm good. And the next morning, we're sitting out, waking up, having coffee, watching the news, and she brings it up. <laughs> she she smelt it. I didn't, by the way. Some nights I do. This particular night, I didn't. I was never more shocked than when she confronted me with this passage of gas. Farting in the bed. Hey, I thought you were asleep. I wouldn't do it. You know, like a lot of guys will fart and then cover their wife's head with the cover so they are forced to smell it. I don't go there. I would kill you. I know that. And I didn't do that. I thought you were asleep. I apologize. I'm sorry. Honey, even if I had been asleep, that would have woken me up. Is that some some sort of comment on the yes. stench of my? Yes. Well, I do apologize. It is what it is. I I I I, I was thinking of you and only you. Well, I think your um, uh, your punishment this week will be that you have to vacuum and clean the toilets. No, not doing it. I won't. I mean, we have our chores. If you'd like, I'll do the toilets and you vacuum. I don't trust you with those toilets. I uh, did a thing. Um, I'm a I'm a guy, you know, with time, and so when I run across something in the house that that is uh, in ill repair, I'll try to repair it if I can. Yeah, yeah. Don't forget. Now, now I am I am married to Tim Taylor. Don't don't listen to her. I'm very clear. We all know what no, you are. No, I'm very clear about what I can and can't do. So I'm vacuuming. And we have a central vac system where you plug the hose into the wall. And there's this plastic unit that you plug it into and it makes it go. So I'm taking the hose out and, and this plastic thing is loose. Oh my God. It's loose. So I went and I got the screwdriver, Phillips head, four prongs, Phillips head. I went and got it and I tightened it. And so now I'm thinking all the others need tightening too. So I went and I tightened all of those. Phillips head, screws. All right, so I tight, that's just on that floor. And now I go upstairs to the next floor and I do that floor. I tighten all the screws. I then plug the vacuum hose back in and I start vacuuming. All of a sudden there is this horrendous noise. Screaming, I mean loud. One thing, I, so I stopped. Well, he had to. I mean, it was, I was like, stop vacuuming, what is happening? I had not known that the handyman had been out and about. I won't even get into, I then had to try to figure out what had happened is that when I screw, when I tightened the screws, it made the plastic cover bend in because I tightened it. And when it bent in, the little flap, the plastic flap that closes it and gives you air pressure couldn't close because I over tightened it. So I then had to go back through the house and undo everything I had done. Not to say that Linda chose some wonderfully choice words. Like you are not a handyman, stop doing this? 
something about that somewhere in that that vein <laughs> uh but uh, yeah i i uh I, usually when i tighten something it it's good it's a good it's good that you did that in this particular case not no good very loud screeching loud yeah it was it was awful got it done though got it fixed all right let's do some of this wait not that this look bullwinkle a message in a bottle fan mail from some flounder no this is what i really call a message oh different music today i got a brand new easter outfit All right. Joey says, about a year ago when my local talk radio station re-reinvented itself, I was briefly excited to hear that they were bringing in Mark Thompson from the 10 a.m. to noon time slot. <laughs> I've been listening anyway, so I've been listening anyway. It's not you, but he's okay. Yeah. A couple of months ago, I sent him an email responding to a question he asked over the air. At the end, I jokingly ask, how's Brian? Just kidding. <laughs> but I wonder how often you get that. His reply, ha ha, he's the wealthy Mark Thompson. <laughs> <laughs> you don't know shit. You don't know what I got. By the way, I have seen in media, supposedly, how much I'm worth. It's not only wrong, it's way wrong. <laughs> Deb said, so apparently the masks that people need to wear are so they don't give it to anyone else, not so they won't get it from anyone else. People can have the virus and not know so and not know it, so they are asking people to wear masks not to spread. Just because you're wearing your mask, if you're not wearing gloves or you are wearing gloves and then rub your eye, you can still get it. Oh, this is true. We know that we don't, we don't touch our faces at all. Uh, I will tell you, we went, this was before the lock lock. Uh, we went to the grocery store and we were both wearing gloves and masks. And so I go to the meat counter. I'm going to try to buy some, some meat that they've got. You told the story last week. Oh, did I? Yeah. Well, it's still, I mean, so I'll repeat it in case you didn't hear it. I, I said to the guy, which two fillets I wanted. And he, and he goes with attitude. He goes, I couldn't hear you. He's being a dick. It, he was. It, you know, I guess he was offended that I'm wearing a mask. And I just, I just, I didn't yell, but I said it loudly. It's because I'm wearing a mask. And Linda comes up like, you know, there's going to be falterol. There wasn't, but fuck him. Yeah. He Jesus. Was. Well, I mean, you don't know what he's dealing with either. So we're all in the grocery store fucking petrified. I'm sorry. But, I'm sorry. Right. Yeah. Um, but when, like I told y'all last, when we went the last time, when we had on all that gear, we, before we went in, we had our plan of action for when we went out before we got in the car and you take off your gloves, then we hand sanitized our hands, then we took off the masks. It was an ordeal. We did it as carefully as we, as we knew how. Erin A, Erin oh, A's giving you some shit. Fucking. Radio God's timeline for David Foster. Play string of Chicago Peter Cetera hits. Glory of Love was for Karate Kid 3 in 1989. Mm. That happened after the release of St. Elmo's Fire. Jesus. Just saying. 
Loving y'all be safe. Shut you, up. Aaron, you weren't the only one that gave him shit. Bradley gave him shit about that. Let me tell you something. Fuck every one of you. <laughs> I did it. I, I did it according to Wikipedia. I don't give a fuck whether you liked it or not. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Did Wikipedia not have all of the Whitney Houston and Celine Dion and all that in there? Didn't see it. I'm not saying it's not there. It could have been. I don't have time. Did for you? Ev- did you get tired of reading? Shut the fuck up. You don't have time because what? You're alphabetizing your Blu-rays? I'm going to stop doing it. I'm just warning every fucking one of you pigs. I'm going to stop fucking doing it. <laughs> Ronald Scott says, this. there is a documentary on Amazon Prime called Corporate FM. Huh. It is about how the big corporations have killed local FM radio. Dude, don't get me started. But you know what? It's true what he just said. Uh, and, and I can explain it really, really quickly. Uh, and keep in mind, I'm not complaining. I'm telling you what happened. When I first got into radio, you had a competitor, top 40, let's say, and you and a competing radio station. Uh, you both play the same songs. You both play the same commercials. You both have the same uh, promotions. The one area where radio stations were different was the personality which is what I built myself into. And you'd go and the radio station would say, okay, get in there, be funny, have a great show, get some ratings, let's make some money. Great, that's all I need to hear. Corporate came along, this is years later, and bought all the radio stations. So corporate didn't care whether you won or your competition won because they own both. So the need for people like me or for personalities per se, were no longer necessary. And that is what killed really fun local radio. Now, I'm not complaining. I know that everything changes. I completely get it. But that is what happened. Um, Also, Ronald works in a hospital and I just wanna say, Ronald, stay safe. Man, you know, you people, God, I swear, these these medical nurses and doctors and surgeons, they walk right in there. And the cleaning crew, people, and, and, well... Um, Grocery store people. Ronald is a security guard, so you know, he's right there, too. You are, you, you are in the, the pit of this, and yet you do it. And thank you very much. And you know what? I can just tell you now, uh, whenever we go to Panthers games, and the, usually it's the military, and we stand and applaud and... You medical professionals for the next decade should go to the Panther games and we won't be there to clap for you. You're you're going to be applauded. Yes. And and thanked. Yes. For as it what you've be. done, what yeah. you've done and and are doing. Yeah. Uh, Tim says, hey, guys, thanks for all you do. I am an officer for the Department of Public Health Affairs for L.A. County. Uh. As you can imagine, I'm on the front lines battling COVID-19. Ooh. I appreciate you. I appreciate your little update each podcast. Woo, that was hard to say. If you ever have a question of any of your listeners, I'm happy to answer them. Um, well, Tim, I'd like to know, going out to get my mail is a very big deal to me. <laughs> and I'm not, no, Mark's laughing, but I am serious. Like, I will check my mail now every week. I put on my gloves. I go get it. I have a paper towel that I put on the table. I set it there and I don't touch it again for four days because 
how long is it before it, if it's contaminated, is that going to go away? Um, you know, save his. Does he give a contact? No, he does not. Oh, well then. Uh, <clears throat> well, I hate it because we do. If we get a package uh, from Amazon or wherever the package comes from, we stick it in the garage for days. Um, uh, yeah, there's two of them out there right now. It's like, nope, we're going to let this sit here for two days. Something and I ordered for Linda came in. I know what it is. It's here. And we haven't opened it and, and won't, I guess, for a while. But when we do, it's a gift for her. I'm excited. Thank you. You're, you're welcome. And it's going to be terrifying opening it. It really won't. Yeah, we have to put on gloves. We have to wipe it down. Then we get whatever's in the package. And we have to wipe that down. Oh, it's a big ordeal. Yeah, All right. That's what you got to do. Okay. Haj from Pasadena. He had a lot to comment about. Your buddy, Cody Decker, put out a Facebook request for help identifying the Itty Bitty Theater introduction music since he said you didn't know it. I do know it. I was able to help him find out. For your future reference, it is Beethoven's Ninth Symphony, Second Movement. I He reached out to me and he asked me what it was and I said, I'll have to look it up. It's Beethoven something. And he texted back, never mind, I can find it. Oh, okay. I believe Beethoven was almost totally deaf when he composed this piece. It is one of his most famous pieces, which includes, um, with, which concludes with the Ode to Joyce chorus. Having a tough time. <laughs> you know what? I should stop reading. <laughs> no, wait. See, I can't even talk now. I should stop watching so much Gilmore Girls and start reading a book, I think. Well, can they not talk on that show? No, they can talk. Wow. <laughs> it's just that I think my bread's, bread's going dead. <laughs> wow. Jesus. I, I don't know what's happening, people. All right. Let's, let, me, let me get through this. I don't know. You can. Uh, the background piano piece you play during Itty Bitty is Beethoven's for Elise. Many people know it from Peanuts. Okay, great. Thank you. I mean, Cody reached out. He told me he didn't actually need the name, the actual name. So I stopped. I could have gotten it. All I had to do is walk in here and look because it's on there. Beethoven, which by the way, I can use public domain. It's over 100 years old. I can use it. So Cody is just fucking. Okay. I do have one more comment that I want to read. Good luck. Yes. Mark and Linda, many years ago, Mark had an interview with Kurt Russell for several hours. It was an awesome interview. It was. During that time, Mark asked Kurt the island questions. The one question where Mark asked about the favorite album, Kurt replies with some Spanish instrumental album. I'm hoping one of you knows the album or artist's name as I'm having a hard time remembering. Alan. <laughs> Mark did not even remember that Paul Anka wrote him a song <laughs> And that he had met the man three times. Yeah. There's no way he's going to remember this. I don't remember it clearly. And, and to be honest with you, when somebody answers with something like that, it's a, it's a whatever answer. The idea is to say something that people know. Like for someone to say, well, my all time, my favorite is Sgt. Pepper. Uh, everybody knows that album. He comes out with that shit. But that was his favorite album. I'm not, I'm not judging him. But I'm saying, clearly, there's no way I'm going to remember that crap. Out of all the great music, that's what he likes? Fine. And I just want to say, God damn it, I'm so happy that comments are over. <laughs> you did a fine job. Oh, yes.
Well, I mean, times are weird. Mm-hmm. History. 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 That happened, and we all let it happen. Well, most of us remember it. Um, and not that it was that big a deal at the time, but actually it was that big a deal. It was on this day, yesterday and today, 50 years ago, April 9th and 10th, that the Beatles broke up. It was a battle of press releases between the Beatles and Paul McCartney. McCartney kept saying, we're done. The days that uh, that, uh, John and I can write together are over. Capital kept saying, no, they're not, they're, they're going to record. We're, we're, mm. we're, we're good. That night, 50 years ago, tonight, Paul McCartney went on British national television and sang this, his new solo single. Somewhere that right after the Beatles had broken up when it was official, when it was final, when it was firm, Paul McCartney chose just to stay drunk. Oh. And it went on for about a month. And it was 10 o'clock in the morning and he's passed out on the couch. Linda McCartney, his wife, in the kitchen, goes in and wakes him up. And she said, is this it? Is this what you're doing? You're just going to drink? It all ended with the Beatles. You have nothing left. Just tell me, because I want to know where you stand. And she walked away. It was on this day back in 1999, prior to their second wedding anniversary, Brooke Shields and Andre Agassi announced they are divorcing. Oh, I forgot she was married to him. That's the problem. I guess when you're married for just at one year, people tend not to remember it. It was on this day, where were you? 1973, Led Zeppelin gets a gold album for Houses of the Holy.
was on this day, 1972. Isaac Hayes wins an Academy Award for the theme from Shaft. I've never seen the film, but I think the song was better. It was on this day, kind of a Beatles thing. It was on this day back in 1970, three years before the Beatles called it a day. Paul McCartney wrote the song, Let It Be. He says that at the time, the Beatles had begun contentious recording sessions for the album, Let It Be. And he says this song came to him in a dream. We're all getting a little crazy. And I'd gone to bed one night, well crazy, had a dream. And she'd been in the dream, which is always lovely, you know, and people who've been long gone come in dreams because you actually meet them again, mm. even if it's just within the confines of your own head. And she said, it'll be all right. And she was very sort of calming. And I woke up thinking, oh, I feel better about things. As I usually did, I started writing a song. And because she was my mother and her name was Mary, I said, Mother Mary comes to me. In times of trouble, Mother Mary comes to me Speaking words of wisdom, let it be And in my hour of darkness, she is standing right in front of me Speaking words of wisdom, let it be It was this week Back in 1974, Atlanta Braves slugger Hank Aaron hit his 715th home run, breaking the 40-year-old record held by the legendary Babe Ruth. Here's the pitch by Downing. Swinging. There's a drive into left center field. That ball is going to be out of here. It's gone. It's 715. There's a new home run champion of all time. And it's Henry Aaron. Now, not to get too into this, but if you're a baseball player and you want to get better, take a look at Henry Aaron's swing. Henry Aaron had this ability. We were all taught if we played baseball that you break your wrists right in the middle. And when you break your wrist, the bat comes through much faster because you've stopped your arms from moving. Only your wrists are moving. So you turn your hands over. It speeds the bat up. Hank Aaron had the perfect swing. Notice that when he swung the bat, his head never moved. Mm. He was focused on watching the ball. Uh, It was this week back in 1999. The song Smooth hit number one, stayed there for 12 weeks and helped turn Santana's career completely around. Rob Thomas, who sang it and wrote it, says the song had its ups and downs as far as he was concerned. It's taken on a bunch of different lives over the last 20 years. It was a great summer jam, and then it became something that we all got a little sick of for a while, and then it came back around for a minute, and then everybody was like, oh, you know, I kind of remember that, I like that. 
there were moments in it where I didn't know if I should say you're welcome or I'm sorry. But it is definitely one of the songs from 20 years ago that I've ever written that I'm fine if I never hear it again, but I love to play it. I don't think it's my best song I've ever written. I don't think it's obviously not the best song he's ever done. It shows the power of being in a moment. say this uh rob thomas uh based on his matchbox 20 work his solo work work with other artists like this when it's all said and done rob thomas will be looked on as one of the great songwriters of all time where were you on this day 1970 the doors played boston massachusetts jim morrison was there but he doesn't remember it The early show began at 7 p.m. with Rock Me and ends with Light My Fire. Uh, The late show began at 12.18 with Break On Through and Runs Long. Power to the stage is cut off at 2 a.m. Jim Morrison then asked the crowd, does anybody want to see my genitals? (laughs) And they roar and roar. Yes, we do, Jim. Yes. Shows it to him. Yeah. He then cusses out the crowd until keyboardist Ray Manzarek covers Jim's mouth and tells him to cool it. Morrison then smashes a guitar stand and leaves the stage. Mm. It was on this day back in 1964, the Beatles released their second album. And quite frankly, it wasn't that good. But I never heard them ringing No, I never heard them at all Till there was you It was on this day back in 1912 Go ahead with your old joke (laughs) 1912, the Titanic left harbor on its maiden voyage This day, 1976, the Steve Miller Band released the song Rockin' Me Asked if Steve could perform at the 1975 Kebworth Festival before 
headliner Pink Floyd, Steve Miller initially declined. He said no. He had no band together at the time and didn't think he could assemble one on short notice. But after the promoters offered to double his already lucrative paycheck, he called ex-CCR drummer Doug Clifford, uh, guitarist Les Dudek, and bassist Lonnie Turner. He explains how that gig led him to write this song. I said, how would you guys like to have an all-expense-paid vacation to London next week? I said, what is it? And I told them, and they said, yeah. They came over and rehearsed in my house, ran through the numbers we were going to do, a lot of which were Jimmy Reed numbers and knocked everybody out. And I wrote Rockin' Me because I was sitting there going, there's going to be 150,000 people. Pink Floyd will come on when it's dark and the lights turn on. They'll put me on while the sun's going down and everybody's cold and the PA will be bad. So I'm going to have to really rock everybody out. I wrote Rockin' Me for that in about 20 minutes. Happy birthday, Russell Crowe is 56 today. My name is Maximus Decimus Meridius, commander of the armies of the north, general of the Felix Legions, loyal servant to the true emperor, Marcus Aurelius, father to a murdered son, husband to a murdered wife, and I will have my vengeance in this life or the next. It was this day, 1972, Deep Purple releases the song Highway Star, and to date, Deep Purple have opened one studio album and three live albums with the song Highway Star. The band's keyboardist John Lord explains how it was written. We needed a fast number to open the set. We got tired of the one that we were using. We always used to start with Speed King. We just sat in the back of the bus and Richie came up with and Ian scribbled some words on the back of an envelope or something and we went on stage and did it that night. It was called something like Frankie and Billy make a tank. Whatever stream of consciousness words Ian Gillen came up with that night. Later it became Highway Star. Lester Bangs, one of the great rock writers, called it the classic girl stroke car hard rock song. time for what year is it how strong you feeling not very all right here we go uh five of them for you today song from said year movie 
And now, 20th Century Fox presents the greatest comedy event of the 20th century, Mel Brooks' Silent Movie. And headlines. This could be it, left field. George Foster makes the catch. That's it. The Cincinnati Reds win the World Series in four straight. It was a sweep. Okay, so with Fleetwood Mac, it's usually pretty safe for... 1976. It was 1970. Six. Yeah. Linda does very well with 76 and 77. That was high school. So yeah, she yeah. she pretty much knows where she was and what she was doing. I felt strong when I printed it. Yeah. Uh, song from said year. Uh, for the record, that's Brian Adams, Rod Stewart, and Sting. The song is All for Love. Movie. You're all connected in the great circle of life. You're Mufasa's boy. Mm. You're the king. Have you got your lion's cross? And this may help you. Headlines. He led Los Angeles police on a weird televised journey that seemed more a parade than a chase as the nation watched transfixed. Tonight, O.J. Simpson is in jail awaiting formal arraignment. Okay, so I know it's in the 90s. Good! And I want to say it's either 94 or 95. Or any of those correct. The committee can confirm that it is one of those years. So I will go with 1994. It is 1990. Four. Oh. I'll be the one that you. I am two for two. Yes, you are. All right. Let's see how we do. A little tougher. Mm-hmm. Song said year. Movie. Is that Billy? Huh? Is that Billy Idol? It is. Okay. Movie. I saw you guys at the football game. How'd you get that car fixed up like that? Plain old-fashioned hard work. What do you know about that car? His daughter choked to death in Christine. And headlines. President Reagan delivers his State of the Union message tonight amid a continuing tide of double-digit unemployment, rising tide of budget deficit, and ebb tide of popularity in public opinion polls. Billy Idol's another one of those tough ones. Because I don't know. Okay. 19... 1979. I won't even hit the bass drum. She missed the entire decade. <laughs> it is 1983. <laughs> All right, two for three. Yeah. Here we go. Song said year.
I should reach the frontier in about six weeks. With a little luck, the network will pick me up. This is Ripley, last survivor of the Nostromo. And headlines. The Senate received an extraordinary secret briefing on the Iran situation from Vice President Mondale and Secretary of State Vance. President Carter was hopeful members of Congress would refrain from inflammatory statements that could worsen the situation. 1985. Again, she missed the entire decade. <laughs> 1979. Ah. All right. Damn it. Two for four. One more. Your chance to go above 500. <laughs> this is your last offering. You got the first two. You missed the next two by a decade. Mm-hmm. Here we go. Okay. <laughs> How will she end? Song said year. Movie. Name's Blaine. He's so beautiful. Blaine? That's that not a major appliance. That's not a name. This is not the time to get serious over some Nimrod. He's going to use you and then throw you away. You're ashamed to go out with me. Pretty in Pink was yes. the movie. Why would they? And then headline. Andrew and Sarah, whom thou hast now joined in Christian marriage. That was the marriage of Prince Andrew and Sarah Ferguson. Hey, Premier, that sucked. You put two clues in there that you can't tell what they were. All right, Mm-mm-kay. okay. Bon Jovi. So I'm going to say 1984. It was 1980. Six. Six. right you sure did <laughs> way to go you did great thank you <laughs> good day and welcome i'm jonathan fuck me oh wow today we have an offering from the boards we think you will enjoy sit back relax and enjoy the patient A male patient is lying in bed in the hospital. He's wearing an oxygen mask over his mouth and nose. A young student female nurse appears and gives him a partial sponge bath. Nurse, he mumbles from behind the mask. Are my testicles black? Embarrassed, the young nurse replies. I don't know, sir. I'm only here to wash your upper body and feet. He struggles to ask again. Nurse, please check for me. Are my testicles black? Concerned that he might elevate his blood pressure and heart rate from worrying about his testicles, she overcomes her embarrassment and pulls back the covers. She raises his gown, holds his manhood in one hand, and his testicles gently in the other. She looks very closely and says, There's nothing wrong with them, sir. They look fine. 
The man slowly pulls off his oxygen mask, smiles at her, and says very slowly, Um, thank you very much. That was wonderful. Now listen very carefully, very, very closely. Are my test results back? <laughs> Join us again next time for some horseshit. Thank you. I would like now your fondest memory from Easter. Yours. I'm talking to you. Oh, I have a lot. Give one. But one of them <clears throat> I'll never forget is the one where it snowed on Easter in California. I remember. Get this. We had just bought this place. I was broadcasting from. No, this, you're shaking your head. This was early, early when the kids were little. Oh, okay. Yeah. When Katie was like three or four and, you know, I got them their Easter dresses and by then it was supposed to be warm and I got them their white sandals. Well, guess what they hunted eggs in that day? Those dresses and those white sandals. <laughs> With their coats on and they were cold. Yeah, Easter. Easter, we, uh, we did it up. We always had fun. We had kids. And I will say this about Linda: she, when it comes to uh, uh, comes to a holiday, bitch would celebrate. Oh yeah, still doing it. it with with it, any holiday, it didn't matter. Uh, Easter, the kids would dye eggs, and inadvertently we would, as well. We hide the eggs. The Easter bunny would come. You know there'd be stuff. So you know, just like every other family. But I don't have no. You'd be surprised how I many just don't do anything. Oh. Well, I mean, not everybody's Christian-based. You and I grew up with that. Some that aren't Christian-based, they just, it's its nothing day. What does the Easter Bunny have to do with Christian-based? I could nothing. I mean, absolutely nothing. Easter Bunny, and I'm guessing here, but the Easter Bunny and hiding eggs, all of that is created by big business so that you'll buy eggs, egg coloring, chocolate, baskets, fake grass, uh, dresses and special shoes and yeah. all that. Yeah. Uh, but uh, but yeah, uh, I don't have one particular. Well, I mean, yeah, I do. We would uh, we would color the eggs with the kids, and every year I would take one egg and dip it in every single color. That was the golden egg that Amy always found. I would hide it. <laughs> I would be very, very hard and difficult in my decision as to where to put it. And every and there was 20 bucks on it. 20 bucks. All the eggs were gone. The golden egg is the only one remaining. Whoever finds it, 20 bucks. Every fucking year. Except maybe one or two. It was Amy who found it and Katie who was crying. And it, it was in those moments that I was thinking, this can't be good. This just cannot be good. Amy's rejoicing. Katie's crying. Happy Easter, everybody. <laughs> Have a good one. All right. <clears throat> so um, I'm not going to go far into this. There's no need to. Um, the, the desire to be on the radio hit me like 
um, like I've never experienced. Uh, that was the only, when that idea came into my head, that is the only thing that mattered. Everything else disappeared. Nothing mattered but that. I want to get on the radio. I'm not going to get into how I did it. It involved cheating and lying. However. Oh, geez. I th- I'm sure you know that. Yeah. Okay. So uh, I made it. Now I wound up uh, doing uh, weekends for the radio station I grew up listening to, W-O-W-L. I can't tell you how much that meant to me as a kid who grew up on this station, and now I'm one of them. Uh, I worked Friday and Saturday nights, midnight to six. I was a sophomore in high school. This is me at the age of 16. I didn't know what I was doing. This is me simply trying to learn the ins and outs of what it meant. And my main goal was to make sure the record got on the air. Because while it's playing, I'm not on. Because I was terrified. And you can kind of tell. Anyway, <laughs> uh, I did dub all of these from the old cassette tapes. I wanted to get them on my computer before they just deteriorated to the point you couldn't hear them. This is a 16-year-old sophomore me on the radio. And again, not going to play much. Sexy voice, huh? W-O-W-L with Joan Carol Butler and her latest album of the same name. This is just my way of breaking the ice at Radio 1240. W-O-W-L with Joan Carol Butler from her latest album of the same name. And that's just my way of breaking the ice. Good afternoon, it's 1240. Ladies, the grand... cool today, but sunny and cool tomorrow. Right now it's 51 degrees with Barry Manilow. Coming up, there's a commercial from me. Barry Manilow from his latest album, Trying to Get the Feeling and the Title Cut. It's time now to pay Pepsi trivia. And I'm going to ask you the question. This time it's in the category of show business. If you know the answer, I'll take the first correct caller at 764-2223. What you win is a 64-ounce bottle of Pepsi-Cola. You can either pick Pepsi-Cola, regular, Pepsi-Light, or Pepsi-Sugar-Free. Here's the question. Name the show business personality who has joked for years about his role in the 1945 movie, The Horn Blows at Midnight. Once again, name the show business personality who has joked for years about his role in the 1945 movie, The Horn Blows at Midnight. Do you know it? You know the answer? Name the show business personality who has joked for years about his role in the 1945 movie, The Horn Blows at Midnight. If you know it, don't say it. Do you know it? Good answer. And he heard that because he's upstairs and he has a speaker there, you know. If you know the answer, call me now at 764-2223. I'll take the first correct caller. If nobody gets it, I'll ask you another one. WL with Travis Romack. You've got your troubles and I've got mine. We had a winner of the Pepsi Trivia Contest. The question was, name the show business personality who has joked for years about his role in the 1945 movie The Horn Blows at Midnight. Mrs. Lou Dumas was the winner. The answer was Jack Benny. So, Ms. Dumas, congratulations. Who's the day? That's right. 
That's right. Third. That's Christman's Men's Shop, downtown Florence, since 1884. Brand, are you concerned about economy? It doesn't start at the gas pump. It starts with the car you're driving. Campbell Motors is your Ford MPG headquarters, and now is the time to save. At Campbell Motors, we offer the lowest prices and best service. For example... Okay, I think that's enough. Uh, so, 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 yeah, 16, sophomore in high school. I'm on the radio, and uh, that was the very beginning. Very hard for me to hear that. Uh, but everybody starts somewhere. Oh, definitely. Um, and I just want you to know that um, Stevie in the chat got the Jack Benny <laughs> way to go stevie well done um wait so, so wait so because people are going to be wanting to know can you tell the story on the air about the cheating and the lying of course tell it uh i wanted to be in radio i opened the phone book uh, which was the only thing I knew to do, and I called every radio station. Uh, the receptionist answered, and, and I would say, I want to be on the radio. And she would say, what experience do you have? And I would say, well, I don't have any. And she said, well, we can't put you on the radio unless you have experience. And, of course, I'm thinking, how do you get experience if you don't put me on the radio? So, at any rate, uh, I got that from every single radio station. I went over to, I went across the bridge, away from my hometown. I went over to Muscle Shoals. There was a country daytimer, WSHF. General manager's name was Gary Wright. And I told him I want to be on the radio. And he saw something. I don't exactly know what. But he said, listen, um, we don't have any air positions right now. He said, but if you want, after school, you come over and you clean up vacuum, sweep, empty the trash and the uh, uh, ashtrays. And then after we sign off, it was a daytimer, sign on at sun up, sign off at sundown. He said, after we sign off, you can go in and practice. So, oh, and I had the Sunday afternoon shift. I didn't get to talk, but I got to do the preachers. 30 minutes, they would come in and scream and yell hallelujah. I was told, they don't go in the studio until you receive $27.50 cash. If you have that in your hand, open the door. So that's what I did. At night, I would practice and I would roll tape. And I would pretend like I was on the air. I cut together an air check. I took it back over to WOWL, who told me. Oh, yeah. And I said, there's my tape. I got the job. And that first shift, Friday night, 11.59 p.m., I'm about to go on the air, and it hit me. I've never actually been on the radio. <laughs> and it came out to be this. Sexy voice, huh? with All right. So, so that I, I did. I lied. I cheated. However, it got me in. I don't care. You do what you got to do. And I made it. So... Uh, things drastically improved. Next week, I'll share um, really a, a couple of jobs later. It's it's I, I'm actually proud of that one, um, uh, it, and it has another story. But I'll I'll share that. Uh, where are we? I've done that. I've done this. Okay, let's do this. We're locked down, people. Yeah, we are. Americans have gone crazy for the following items during this lockdown period mm -hmm. food 
Yep. Booze. Oof. Porn. Oh. Marijuana. Here you go. Online sales of alcohol have doubled. Doubled. That's insane. Because well, liquor- I, well, you can't. They're not going to the store, so they're ordering online. Yeah. Uh, people have joked on Twitter that they go straight from coffee in the morning to scotch. <laughs> Weed dispensaries in states where marijuana is legal have admitted we were caught flat-footed by the demand. And one of the more popular sites for adult videos reports an uptick in viewers in all <laughs> all hours of the day. Well, yeah. Stress and boredom are used as excuses for watching porn. Yeah. Gotta love that. And then... Now that we have a bit more time on our hands... UFO experts have been looking closely at images on Mars and they believe they have found two alien pyramids up there. Hmm. Both pyramids are smaller, roughly 10 feet by 15 feet, and they're supposedly close to one another. The conclusion, say the UFO experts, is simple. They were built by small alien species, Hmm. smaller than humans, but definitely an intelligent species. Linda, tell us the uh, first time you uh, were abducted by an alien. Uh, Well, um, uh, all right. Good story. With couples being locked up in the house together, they're spending a lot more time having sex, which has caused a giant spike in sex toy sales. Mm. Uh, Sex toy retailers say sales have increased 40%. Other things getting a big boost include condoms, Viagra, and the morning after pill. Oh, damn. Uh, we, uh, We lost... A great one. Now, they're referred to as Bond girls. Right. And I know that you're not a Bond person. Nope. But if I were to say, who is the most famous Bond girl, would you have a guess? No idea. All right. Well, she passed away. Her name was Honor Blackman. She played Pussy Galore in the James Bond film Goldfinger. She died at 94. Who are you? My name is Pussy Galore. I must be dreaming. I mean, 94, man. That's a a good long life. That's a good run. This is the best thing. Goldfinger. He's the man, the man with the mightest touch. 
All right, so uh, I mentioned this as I, as I was playing this air check. Linda and I came in, played it for the girls, uh, and I had mentioned the new Lindsay Lohan single. Um, I personally don't think it's bad. Now, I do know that Lindsay, you know, she kind of lost herself for a, a minute there. Uh, she was great, apparently. Younger, uh, Mean Girls, the, these movies. Oh, yeah, that, all her movies were so great. Okay, so she took a few uh, years out to party and, and do her thing, but she has released a new single, whether you like it or not. Uh, at least she's busy. She's doing things. And I got to be honest, when I first heard Lindsay Lohan, a new wreck, whatever, uh, I I didn't hate it. Uh, I don't think Linda or the girls care for it. But I'm going to play just a second. Here's Lindsay Lohan's new single that she's just released. It's called Back to Me. I used to blame me when she got crazy. Hey, I can't think too much about what they say. And now these Sundays got me feeling like Mondays. I know I drink too much, but it's okay. My life is full of ripped up pages. I've been weak on tages, but I'm coming back. I'm coming back to me. Oh, but I know that everything changes. All things turn to basics. Now I'm coming back. I'm coming back to me. To me. The uh, the beginning I thought was very strong. Uh, and if you're going to do a pop song, you've got to have a great hook, mm-hmm. and this is not a right. great no. hook. The but back to me part. It's a good dance song. Uh, Tom Brady. We all know that he's now going to become the quarterback for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Isn't that wild? Uh, it is pretty crazy. And now he's in our division. Yeah, and NFC now. South. Yeah. Uh, I'm not sure what division we're about to go to. The division out. Uh, Tom Brady, uh, you know, all the things have been said, all the things have been done except playing the games. How will it go? We'll see. Is it a better situation than Tampa Bay had before? Jameis Winston, there's no question he's talented, but he, he turns the ball over. It's going to be a drastic improvement over what Tampa Bay had. So Tampa Bay Bucks are not what they were they have Tom Brady. So when you're Tom Brady. But wait, do they have the players to play with Tom Brady? Yes. I mean, okay, because you could be Tom Brady and the great quarterback and all that, but if the rest of the team ain't there, that's not going to help you. Tampa Bay has a receiver's name is Mike Evans. He is a stud. Okay. And he had no quarterback to throw to him. This may make all the difference. And they have a great running back. So Tampa Bay can do this and... Bruce Arians, the head coach, is no slouch. Okay. Tom Brady went because of Bruce Arians. So Tom Brady, you got this brood, you got Giselle and kids and whatever. Where do you live? You're moving to Tampa Bay. Tom Brady has moved into Derek Jeter, the shortstop, the former shortstop for the New York Yankees. For some reason, he owns a house in Tampa Bay. Tom Brady has moved in. A $20 million, 300,000 square foot waterfront mansion on Davis Island. Good for him. Seven bedrooms, nine bathrooms, entertainment room, billiard room that wraps around a pool with two boat lifts providing access to Tampa Bay. Yes. Go, Tom. I love this. Joe Buck. 
killing time sitting around the house. He said, hey, I do play-by-play for a living. I've got spare time. Send me your video of you doing your daily life and I'll do play-by-play on it. (laughs) He said he received a huge amount of people videos of them having sex for him to do play-by-play on. Oh my gosh. I just love people. (laughs) All right, here we go. The six unhealthiest cereals that you can eat. Okay, let's see how many of those we have in our pantry. Number six. Let me look. We have some of the, we have a lot, we have a lot of these. (laughs) Number six. Well, I defend, we have kids and they come here and they eat cereal. Number six, cinnamon toast crunch. Yep, we've got that one. I've never had that. Have you? Probably, but I don't remember it. I like cinnamon. Number five, there's a tie, a three-way tie, with 31 grams of sugar. Fruit Loops. Got those. Reese's Puffs. Mm -mm. Tricks. Don't have those either. Number four, massive tie with 33 grams of sugar. (laughs) Apple Jacks. Cocoa Puffs, Cookie Crisp, Fruity Pebbles. Oh, we have Fruity Pebbles. Number three, the, the, the top three are no tie. They're on their own. Okay. Number three, at 36 grams of sugar, Frosted Flakes. Yep, we have those. So good. Mm-hmm. I had some just the other night. I mixed them with my Honey Bunches of Oats. Number two, at 37 grams of sugar, Lucky Charms. Mm, We have those in our pantry too. (laughs) Number one, at 45 grams of sugar. Can you guess? Captain Crunch. Number one. We've done this list before. Well, you know that part of me that didn't remember that Paul Anka wrote a song for me? Yeah. It's the part of me that allows me to do that again, and it's fresh. Yeah. Here's how bad it is. Linda and I enjoy every afternoon here on the East Coast at 5, one of the network shows, Perry Mason, the old 1950s Perry Mason lawyer show, and we watch it, our, we watch it. And we each try to guess who we think did it. Now, Perry Mason was great. The writers were great. They would throw a bunch of red herrings up. People that you're supposed to think did it, but they didn't. It was somebody else. And we have now gone through most of the ones we have never seen. Not all, but most. Here's how bad it is for me. One can come up that I've seen. I don't remember it. Or we don't remember who did it at the end. I'll notice certain scenes that I remember, but I don't remember who did it. Case in point, the other night, we're watching one of those. I clearly came across a scene. I told Linda, I know what happens in this scene. And I told her. I picked somebody who I thought did it. I got it wrong. And I'd seen it. (laughs) Uh, Okay, the hell puzzle. I'll just tell it. 
So a lot of people are putting together puzzles. The Hell Puzzle is a Japanese company's release, 2,000-piece jigsaw puzzle, 2,000 pieces, and there's no color. They're completely white. Wow. You have to fit the pieces together based on... The pieces. Oh, my gosh. No, there's no way I could ever do that. They're calling it the hell puzzle. The box reads, please do not buy this if you're a beginner. Yeah. The great king of hell has arrived. (laughs) You have been warned. I'm sure somebody can do it. If they can do Oh yeah, there are puzzle people out there. Do you know that you're not supposed to look at a box the box while you're putting your puzzle together? Look. I you, could never do that. You can do anything you want. It's a puzzle. You're not I mean, if this were a competition and there were rules, fine. But this is a puzzle. You put it together the way you could put it together. You know, we've got an Olaf puzzle up there that's been sitting on the table. Just do it. It's a lot of white in that. And every time that we do a puzzle, because Linda and I do what a lot of people do. We just dump it out on a table and we work on it for a little bit. And then one by one, like I'll walk by and sit down for 20 minutes. She'll do the same. And every time we do a puzzle, I am absolutely convinced this piece that I need is not here. (laughs) And I've searched the floor. You all are laughing because you've done it. I searched the floor. It's not here. That piece does not exist. And then you find it. Yeah. Usually, it's after you've put together the entire puzzle and there's this one area left and one piece and it fits. Yeah. Uh, When NFL quarterback Darius Slay was traded from the Detroit Lions, now listen to this, to the Eagles last week, he went public and he said he had no respect for the Lions head coach, Matt Patricia. Matt Patricia came from the Patriots as their defensive coordinator. He's now the head coach of the Lions. All right, so there's one guy, Darius Slay. He didn't like him, mm-hmm. and he said it. I have no respect. The next day, Mm-mm. another ex-Lions player, Garrett Hudson, piled it on, calling Patricia, quote, the worst person I've ever dealt with Damn. in all my time playing football. Wow. Hey, uh, hey, Matt, <laughs> you might want to work on those people skills, skills. my brother. <laughs> Just saying, everybody's hating you. All right, let's see. I can stop here. Yeah, I can stop right now. Wait, though. We, we need the bad habits during these strange times. Bad habit. Well, I did it. What Booze, were they? pot, porn. Oh, those all sounded like good habits to me. <laughs> Well, it is what it is, sweetie. All right, we have quite a few, so let's just go into the chicken song. Here we go. Good luck to us all. On 4-6, Shane Patrick turned 50. He's from Portland. 
4-7, Kirsty Perez turned 50. 4-8, Zachary Van Dever turned 32. On 4-10, Don K, but when I look at it, I put the K too close so it looks like donk, <laughs> turned 62. On 4-10, which is today, Randy Hopkins is turning 52. On 411, Dexter in Pasadena is turning 52. And on 416, Heather Pedersen is turning 49. And Deanna Williams is turning 59. Happy birthday, everybody. I'm sorry that you got to celebrate your birthday all stuck in your house. Yeah, bummer. But try to make the best of it. Oh, you'll find a way to have a good time. Uh, so join us, I guess, those of you that have been watching on Saturday afternoon at 3 Eastern, we've been doing some painting. We're working on Michael Myers' childhood Halloween home. Tomorrow, we're doing the steps. Oh, more lines. Great. <laughs> Until all of you go, we obviously will be back here next week. Yep. We have nothing else to do. So uh, you stay safe. Stay well. I got nothing. <laughs> we'll see you next week. Bye, y'all. Yeah.
we showed up and settled down in the land that we now call Izzy. A Kaddish or Chatzwan. Gonna bless the wine and wash your hands. Got pots. Yeah, Chatzwan. Take the parsley and break the matzo man. Magid. Rachzwan. Tell the story then wash again. Mozi. Matzah. Eat the matzah, it's so crunchy. Break it down. Kids singing Manashtana. Kids singing Manashtana. Kids singing Manashtana. Boils 